to, uh, just text the word guest to this number. And if you do that, you're gonna get a little more information about who we are as a church. Uh, you can share some information about yourself. We just wanna get to know you. We're not gonna spam you. And if you are visiting in person today, be sure to talk with one of our greeters. We have a little gift that we wanna give you before you leave today. So be sure to stop by and chat with someone. They're friendly, I promise, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it, it'll be, it'll be lovely. Uh, we got a few announcements we wanna go over today. We have a connect class uh, right after church today, speaking if you're new or you've been coming for a while and you're thinking, yeah, I, I wanna make this my home church. I wanna be a part of this fellowship. The connect class is the next step in how you can become a part of this fellowship. You're gonna learn a whole lot more about who we are as a church and how you can get plugged in. So we're gonna do that today after church. It's gonna be in the commons, which is over there. Uh, they're gonna have food for you. So. Uh, be sure to stop by and find out more about who we are and how you can become a part of this fellowship and get involved. So that's the Connect class today, right after church. And then on October 21st and 22nd, we're going to have an encounter weekend. Uh, that's going to be a Friday night, a Saturday morning. We're going to get together. We're going to have worship. We're going to have times of ministry. We're going to have times of teaching. It's just going to be an opportunity for us to press in deeper in God's presence and find out what he has in store for us as a church. So uh, throughout the uh, message today, there's going to be a QR code up on the slides. And if you uh, want to be a part of the Encounter Weekend, you can use that to register. Just let us know that you're coming and come join us at the end of the month for the Encounter Weekend. Um, I have the microphone, so I get to talk about my favorite ministry, Soul. I'm a little biased. Soul is City Church's youth group. Uh, my soulmates are amazing. We've been going through a series called Christianity Versus, where we've been comparing Christianity to other faiths, other religions throughout the world. And the kids have been asking great questions. We've had amazing discussions about this stuff, and, and they just impressed me with how eager they are to learn about what makes Christianity different. Uh, we're talking about Christianity versus Jehovah's Witness uh, this week, so that should be interesting. And then later this month, we're actually going to talk about the Christian roots of Halloween, which should also be interesting. Uh, Soul uh, meets every Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, if you got any questions about City Church's youth group, let me know. Um, and I, I have to admit, I was so excited about Balloon Fiesta, I forgot about this. Pastor Appreciation Day. Who appreciates our pastors? Right? Uh, Jeff, Marisa, and their family have done an amazing job in just the few months that they've been here, and they're, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. So before you leave today, tell them how much you appreciate them, because they, they've been amazing. Be a better person than me. Don't forget, okay? Be a better person. And uh, we're going to continue our worship right now, and we're going to take our tithes and offerings. How many people know that worship doesn't stop when the music stops, right? All of church is a worship experience, and giving our tithes and offering is a spiritual act of worship. So we're going to pause, and we're going to give back to God who's been so generous to us as a part of our worship. So let's just pray for our tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for how generous you are with us. You give us so many good things, uh, including Balloon Fiesta, to just help us enjoy life, to see how beautiful your creation is. And we're so grateful for all that you give us. Your benevolence is amazing and we wanna give back. We pray that you'll take the tithes and offerings today and you'll use them for the glory of your kingdom. Multiply them so that more people might come in and enjoy your goodness. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today we have a special guest. Please welcome the always charming Marisa. Oh, Yo hasn't seen me when I'm mad. <laughs> thank you. Well, good morning. And thank you so much for those kind words, Yo, for, uh, for celebrating and honoring us on Pastor Appreciation Day. That is so lovely. We also got to see a little tiny bit of Balloon Fiesta. We were really um, blessed this morning. We had dinner, um, breakfast this morning. Breakfast burritos, of course. Um, on the rooftop of a building... I don't know which one. And we got to watch the mass ascension from a vantage point that was just absolutely breathtaking. A couple of us may have shed a tear or two. You know, when you grow up here, I think you might just get used to seeing hot air balloons everywhere. Um, but we have, it has not been lost on us. And I've, I've made this comment to my family a number of times. I'm praying that hot air balloons and prairie dogs never lose their a beautiful appeal to me because they both make my heart so happy. 
In fact, there's a certain exit on a highway um, when you're heading on the 40 east, um, and if you exit at Eubank, you guys know. There's sometimes I drive on, onto that exit just so that I can look at the beautiful little prairie dogs. They just bless my heart. Uh, so we have really loved getting to know Albuquerque and calling this place home. And we're just looking so forward to the rest of our journey and what God has for City Church, what God has for this beautiful city, and what God has for the land of enchantment as a whole. We know that God is on the move and that he's doing uh, really unique, powerful things through his church. And we all get to be part of it. And that is really, really one of the most awesome things about partnering with the Lord is we get to be his hands and his feet and carry out his purposes here on the earth. We are going to take some time this morning and carry on the series that my husband started last week called The Power of an Encounter. And uh, we truly believe that a life that is spent encountering the Lord is a life that is living in the purposes of God. You can't encounter the Lord and not step into the purposes of God and begin to partner more closely with him. So this morning, as we talk about the power of an encounter, let's take a look specifically at a beautiful story we see in scripture of when Jesus encountered a woman in uh, Samaria. This is the story that you could find in John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7, and then I'm actually, as we read through a number of verses here, I'm going to skip a few, so it'll be up on the screen in case you think, where did she go, if you're following along in your Bible. That's because I'm going to be skipping a few verses here and there, simply just to be able to tell the whole story without this turning into a really long reading uh, story time, you know? So let's look at John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The, woman's, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming that neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit. The woman said to him, Well, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and they were coming to him. Jump ahead to verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. 
This is a really beautiful story of Jesus encountering this woman who's simply coming out to the well to draw some water for her family. I'm not going to get into all of the history of that, but there is um, a, a reason why she was at the well at the time of day that she was and not at the well early in the morning when all the other women would have been at the well getting water for their families. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole history of when they were referring to when they were talking about, well, the Jews worship here and the Samaritans worship here, but there is a lot in this story that these two are both on the same page about and they are discussing. And I highly encourage you to get into scripture and to read that story because it really is fascinating. But I really just want to focus on this interaction that Jesus has with this woman today. And this is by no means a formula about what it looks like when we encounter the Lord today. But man, we sure can learn a lot of, of what it looks like when we today encounter the Lord by looking at this story of this woman. And I just want to um, say this uh, right off the front. We're not doing a series right now on the power of an encounter just so that you will come out to the encounter weekend coming up on October 20th and 21st. We believe in the power of an encounter. We think everyone should come to the encounter on October 20th and 21st. We think it's going to be a powerful weekend of creating the space and the atmosphere and heading, uh, hitting some specific topics that we think are really vital and crucial to all of our well-being, uh, to all of our spiritual growths as Christians. And so we've, we've, we've created this weekend so that you can truly, truly encounter the Lord in a really impacting way. And so we do encourage everybody to come, sign up, be there. However, we're not doing this series as a promo, come to the encounter. We're doing this series because we believe that the encounters that we have with the Lord change our lives. Scripture tells us that we grow from glory to glory to glory, more into the image of Christ. And so when we can have a lifestyle of encountering the Lord, of getting in his presence and letting him transform us, we are on that journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. And I believe that we want to see, that you want to see, that City Church wants to see all of our lives become exactly who God intended us to be so we can live on this earth with intention and with purpose, knowing that we are doing the thing that God put us on this earth to do. And we can't do that if we're not regularly encountering the Lord. Some encounters we have with the Lord are these massive, life-shifting, altering events. I can think of two in my lifetime that literally rocked me to my core. One day I will share them with you, but I don't have the time to get into them this morning. But two separate times, once as a teenager and once in my late 20s, where literally I was heading one way in my relationship with the Lord and I encountered him. And from that moment, I was then heading a completely different direction. He changed everything. But that's not the norm. I don't have these life-altering, crazy, incredible encounters with the Lord on a regular basis. But I have encounters with the Lord on a regular basis where I respond to something and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, that wasn't right. And in that moment, I have a choice to say, this could become a holy altar where I encounter the Lord and let him change me or I can just push that voice aside and just pretend I never heard it. We get to encounter the Lord as a lifestyle, and, and it's really something that's near and dear to my heart and to Jeff's heart because we wouldn't be who we are today if it wasn't for the encounters that we've had with the Lord. And we love the fact that we can look at one another and testify to one another's lives and say, you're not the same person today that you were a year ago. You're not the same person today that you were five years ago. You're not the same person that I married, and we mean that in a really good way. <laughs> <laughs> and we want that to be uh, your experience as well. And I know you want that to continue to be your experience as well, to encounter the Lord. So let's take a look. Um, today we're going to take a look at seven characteristics of an encounter. I'm actually going to share the first four with you today, and Jeff is going to finish this off next weekend with the final three. But we're going to talk about seven characteristics of an encounter as seen in Jesus' interaction with this Samaritan woman. So number one, Seven characteristics of an encounter is God encounters us. In verse 7, we read that a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. God is looking to encounter his children. He is looking to engage and interact with you in a way where you will hear him. 
He wants to make himself known to you. He wants for you to know his voice, for you to be in tune with him, for you to recognize when it's him speaking. He's not making himself distant and hard to understand. He wants to encounter his children. Jeff told the, uh, gave the example last week that God is not playing a game of hide and seek. Okay, I hope I find him today. Because, you know, we read scriptures like, uh, when you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Beautiful principle. I've had to lean into that in seasons when I was not hearing the Lord, and I needed so desperately to get a word that I had to press in and search for him with all my heart for days, weeks, and sometimes months before I really felt like I encountered the Lord. But that is not the standard. That's not like the formula now for encountering the Lord. There are those seasons when we have to really press in and we have to really seek the Lord for us to finally get a sense of what he's saying to us. But I tell you, the, mo the most common way that we see all through scripture is that God's like, here I am. Here I am. And I would hate for scriptures like that to shape our whole theology of what we know to be true about who God, because when we see God in scripture, he is so readily available and wanting to speak to his kids both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He's not playing hide-and-seek with us. Uh, we have a little dog. She's a cockapoo. And she's a genius as far as cockapoos go, in my opinion. And she's a little bit of a, um, a nasty dog. We're in church, so I'll be holy, but there's a reason why some female dogs have the term that they do. And Marley embodies this at times. You'll get it in a minute. Marley embodies this at times, um, but she's super, super smart, and she loves to play hide-and-seek. So one of someone in the family will just have her sit and hold on to her, and I will go anywhere in the house, and then when I'm ready, I'll say, come find me, in my annoying dog owner voice. And you can hear her pause. She's like running through the house looking. She opens doors. She looks behind doors. She'll go and look behind shower curtains. So she'll run around, look under the bed, jump on the couch. I don't know. Sometimes she looks up on the counter like I'm up on the kitchen counter. She's looking for me. And then she finds me and we have a big party. I'm not kidding when I tell you we could do this for hours and she would never get bored. My dog loves playing hide and seek and she'll do it with all of us in the family. She just loves, I don't know, that Thing in her that wants to find something and be rewarded with praise is really strong and that's really fun to do with a dog but we are not Marley's looking for the owner we are not little dogs running through the house trying to find where is my owner where's God I'm looking in the bathtub I'm looking around the corner I'm looking in the cupboard that is not what our relationship with God is like we're not playing hide-and-seek with our king, with our maker. He is readily available. And we can learn a lot about the nature of God through the person of Jesus. So if you are in here this morning and you kind of struggle with that, you kind of feel like God is distant, maybe God's hard to reach, he seems like he's off afar and not close to you, can I encourage you just to pick up the New Testament and begin to read the life of Jesus? Because we learn the nature of God through the person of Jesus. And I'll just give you a few examples. Some of the earliest ones we see is when he called his disciples. These were people just going about their business, and he approached them and radically, radically changed their life. We read about Jesus telling the story of the parable of the lost sheep, and the, and the point of it all is he's saying, I will leave the 99 to go after the one. That's the way he looks at us. He's willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and, and heavy laden. Some scripture says, burden down. And he says, I will give you rest. That's the invitation to us as followers of Jesus. We see all through his life, people would come to him. He'd be going about his day, going about his life. Everything would be fine, and someone would stop him. Can you heal me? Can you touch me? Can you heal my daughter? Can you? And watch the life of Jesus. How often he says, absolutely, yes, I can. Let me pray for you. Often, over and over and over and over and over, we see this Father heart of God just reach out and embrace these people who come when, when they approach Jesus. We obviously see through the life of Jesus his heart of compassion for the crowd so many times, right? He'll be like, I'm tired. I've been ministering all day. I'm just going to get away with my disciples. And lo and behold, as I leave, a crowd emerges again. And he's like, okay, I'll teach them. 
I'll talk to them, I'll pray with them, I'll heal their sick. You know, like, that's the, that's the nature of God. He's not upstairs having a nap and you can't bother him. He's saying, come to me, come to me, let's talk, let's hang out. Jesus' whole purpose coming to earth was to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's us. He came to seek and to save us, and he still today is seeking us. He still today is looking for us. Eugene Peterson said this quote to his son, God loves you, he pursues you, and he is relentless. And I would say the same thing that Eugene Peterson said to his son to you. God loves you, he is pursuing you, and he is relentless. He is relentless. So, so point number one here is that God encounters us. It's not a hard, challenging thing we need to do. We just need to be ready and say, okay, Lord, here I am. Will you encounter me? Another characteristic of an encounter with God is that he opens our eyes. Verse 13 and 14, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. They begin to have this dialogue about what she thought was well water, only as the conversation begins to unfold for her to realize, oh, he's opening up my eyes to something deeper. He begins to expound this deep spiritual truth and open her eyes to this beautiful, beautiful revelation. And that's what God does with us today. He opens our eyes to show us the bigger picture, to show us a greater purpose. And you know, he often answers questions that we didn't even know that we had. Have you guys had that experience when you've encountered the Lord, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I get it. Like I had these questions that I hadn't even really put, put to words yet, but there's been this thing in me and I've been kind of mulling it over and wondering, but I haven't actually been able to like, get the words out about what's been in my heart and I encountered the Lord and now it all makes sense. He just has this beautiful way of doing that. And, and um, you guys have already heard me in, in our time here in Albuquerque, you guys have already heard me talk about this revelation that I've had that you are to be excited when you are in an impossible situation. We sang about it this morning. Without the impossibility, there's no miracle. And I'm not just saying that because I read it one day or because I sang it in a song. It's because in January 2020, I encountered the Lord during a prayer and fasting service at our previous church. And I ended up laying on the floor at the front of the church and the altar. I was the only one there. It kind of felt strange, but I just let, you know, that's just what happened. And I'm laying down. I'm like, Lord, you speak to me. What is it you want me to hear? And it was like in an instant, this revelation came. And I couldn't help but laugh. It hit me so strong that I'm laying on the ground like a fool, laughing hysterically at this notion that I thought the impossible situations were bad. But it's the impossible situations that actually mean I'm ready for the Lord to do the miracle that I've been crying out for him to do. I don't get the miracle if I'm not in the terrible situation. And it just hit me and I'm laughing and laughing and finally my brother, who's the pastor at that church, walks over and he's like, do you wanna say something? So he puts the mic in my hand and I'm howling and I'm like, yeah, we need the impossible situations. We need them. Without the impossible, there's no miracle. And you can see the church just started laughing probably because I sounded like I was a fool at the moment. But I'm telling you, I got up from that and it has never, it's what I believe. And in our journey over the last number of years, when we have faced impossible situations, and I tell you, when you're sitting on the other side of the world wondering, Lord, we just quit our, our jobs and we sold our home and everything we own is in a 12 foot by 10 foot storage unit. And now I'm sitting in Southeast Asia wondering, Lord, how are you gonna open a door? You know what I was thinking the whole time? God's working. This seems impossible, but that means I'm in the right space to see my God move. And I never would have thought sitting over in Southeast Asia that we would be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, heading to the balloon fiesta tonight. <laughs> impossible situations are the language of God. That came from an encounter. So we can all know that and we can all have varying degrees of believing in that, but I'm telling you, it's who I am now because I encountered the Lord and that truth was revealed. This is what happens when we encounter the Lord. He opens our eyes. I've heard people say over the years things like, I didn't realize that I had limiting thinking in an area, but then God. 
or they'll say, I spent this, I had this beautiful moment with God, this encounter with God, and now my identity has changed. Like, I know who I am. He confirmed my identity. Before I had that encounter, I was dealing with all this stuff about my identity, and now I have an encounter, and it's like, I know who I am. And I have heard this kind of language come from men and women who were just struggling with identity. Like, you know, God, what have you called me, and what am I here for, and, you know, that kind of struggle. I've also heard it from people struggling with their sexual identity, saying, I've been listening to what the world's telling me. I've been listening to what school and culture are telling me. I've been being discipled by the world and then had all these, I started receiving it for myself and stepping into parts of an identity that I thought were right. And then I encountered the Lord and I know that I'm a woman. Then I encountered the Lord and I know that I'm a man. It's like our identity is found when we encounter Jesus. Are you following me today? I've heard, I love this one. I heard people, they'll encounter the Lord. They'll be like, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah, I I get that language. You don't have to clarify or explain. But like, there's just this sense of like, oh, I get it now. Like, I get it. Things just, our eyes are open. Things just kind of settle. And we, we begin to see things differently after we have an encounter with the Lord. So number two is he opens our eyes. Let's look at the third characteristic This one is beautiful. He identifies our brokenness. And he always does this with love. In verses 16 to 18, Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. What you don't hear there is, girl, you've had five husbands? You know better than that. What were you thinking? Well, you couldn't make it work at the first two, three. Like you hear no condescending. You hear no belittling. You hear no demeaning. You hear the facts being spoken. You are broken in this area of your life. This is, this is, this is what's the truth here. You hear Jesus call out our brokenness, but he does it in a way that just makes us so keenly aware of our sin and our brokenness and the things we need to change, and yet so full of love and compassion that there's no shame attached. You don't need to be afraid of God identifying your sin. You don't need to be afraid of God looking at you and saying, ooh, I saw that, what you did. Because when the voice of God speaks and breaks us and brings us to this place of like, oh, that was wrong, it is always, always connected with, come on, go and sin no more. If it's connected with, well, well, what do you think? You think that you're going to move on from here? Well, you're going to have to work your way out of this one. Or like, what were you thinking? How could you have even, like, you think that you're holy? How could you have even done that? I'm telling you, when you begin to feel that, heading down the road of shame and condemnation, you need to shut the voice immediately. It's either your own self or it's the enemy lying to you. Because when God reveals our brokenness, when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals our sin, at the exact same moment, we feel this thing in us that says, I gotta change. I can do it. God can help me. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to live this way. And it's this beautiful, only the Holy Spirit type of language that can say, yeah, that's sin. That needs to change. And come on, you can do it. And some of you didn't have fathers or mothers who modeled the Father's heart when it came to pointing out your brokenness. Some of you don't have spouses who model the Father's heart when it comes to pointing out your sin and your brokenness. But can I please encourage you to not adjust your response to when brokenness is pointed out in your life because the person who is involved in the situation is not acting like God. Allow our hearts to be open to receiving, I need to change in this area, there's a sin that needs to be addressed, there's a, there's a an issue there that I need to focus on. And I will choose in that moment, no matter what the people around me are acting like, I will choose in that moment to take it to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, how do you see me in this moment? And let the Father's heart be the thing that guides us and leads us through that change. Because people don't always represent the Father heart of God well. I've had a couple people in my life who have represented the heart of God so beautifully that it ripped my insides. I remember actually this certain time when I encountered someone 
and they just loved me so deeply in a moment of like my worst and it gripped me so much that I, I started talking to my husband and using this language, my, our kids were little, of saying we have to demonstrate the Father's heart to our kids. And we're not gonna get it right. We're, they'll tell you stories. We have not gotten it right all the time. But one of our priorities is when they come to us about anything, how can we demonstrate in this moment the heart of the Father? The heart of me wants to be like, what were you thinking? But that's not what God does when I go to Him. So how in this moment can we demonstrate the heart of a father that just says, okay, so what are we gonna do about this? Like the woman caught in adultery and all the people are ready to throw stones at her and, and they bring her out in front of Jesus and they're like, come on, here we go, let's kill this woman. And Jesus, in his way, well, if you're without sin, go ahead, cast the first stone. Thank God there wasn't a bunch of arrogant people there who thought they were sin free, right? They all slowly, drop their stones to the ground. I love this fact that they include in scripture starting with the oldest. Because the more life you live, the more grace you have for other people's mistakes and faults because you recognize that you're full of your own. And they slowly start dropping their stones to the ground and he goes over to this woman and he says to her, okay, now go and sin no more. No shame, no condemnation, no guilt. And I, I want to emphasize this this morning because I believe the enemy has put a lie sometimes over the church that makes us want to stay away from our encounter because we know that we have sin in our lives and we don't like it. It's dirty, it's messy, it's yucky. We don't want it to be exposed and revealed before the Lord. And so the enemy makes us feel like, I just want to kind of stay away from that. And I'll put a wall up here and I'll serve God like to the best that I can over here. But I really know that if I get into his presence, he's going to start touching on some of these areas of my life and we let our our perspective on how God is going to deal with those be framed by people or by the lies of the enemy and I want to encourage you if that's you if you push away from encountering the Lord because of sin and shame in your life that that's a really great place actually to encounter the Lord in your shame and in your sin just bring it all to him I am rotten Lord and I need your help and watch how he intervenes. Let this sin and the brokenness be something that compels us to an encounter and not pushes us away. Um, you know that we can't encounter God without becoming keenly aware of our own sin. It's, if you want to encounter God, if you want the God that's going to move miraculously, if you want the God that's going to answer prayers, if you want the God that's going to save your children, if you want the God that's going to heal your body, if you want the God that's going to restore your marriage, you're going to get the God that's going to point out your sin. They all come together, and that's a good thing. You can't encounter the Lord without becoming keenly aware of our sin, and so these encounters with God really make us aware of our sin and brokenness, and yet, because of his compassion, they lead us away from shame. In 2008, my husband and I bought our first home. We had been married for eight years and had been renting for those first eight years, and we really wanted our own home, and we were making, you know, not great money, and it was really hard. <laughs> and um, we finally were like, we're doing it. Like, we're getting in this gosh darn housing market if it kills us. And we went to our real estate agent and we showed him this is our budget. And he was like, um. he even said like, are you sure you don't want to wait a few more years to save up more? And we were like, mm, mm -hmm, we're sure. Show us what we can afford at that price range. So what we could afford at that price range was living in one, one of the two, well, the two worst neighborhoods in our city. Most crime-filled, most poverty-stricken, uh, most destitute. That is the price of a home that we could afford. And the Lord just brought this gem of a house. I'm not kidding. I loved that house. It was adorable, and it was perfect for our family and it was right across the street from a park and there was no neighbor on one side so we're living in downtown like the downtown core of our city and somehow managed to get green space and no neighbors on one side and then from there on every house was crammed next to each other all down the street in our whole neighborhood and we lived in that house for three years and it was the glory and the grace of God that we just had no issues ever I mean, we had our car broken into once. That's normal, right? <laughs> 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 
and it was fine, like no issues at all. And all around us, people's homes were being broken into, and there was a couple of unnerving experiences which ultimately led to us putting our house on the market and trying to find a new home, which we did. Uh, and one of them was the neighbors next door where the police had put up a blockade on our street and no one could go in or out and they were gonna bust down the door of our neighbor's house and so I crawled up to my bedroom window and kept the lights off and I cranked the window so that I could listen to what was going on like a good holy neighbor does and uh, they were being arrested with um, not breaking entry home invasion their son had gotten in a fight at school and so the parents being the good parents they were drove to that ki ki other kids house home invasion beat up both the parents beat up the kids came back home to have family dinner and that was one of three things that happened the other two involved firearms which being from Canada is not common and we were like we're it's time to leave this neighborhood and, and we loved living in that neighborhood. We loved that whole experience. But we had three years there. And I tell you, at the very beginning of our time living there, the Holy Spirit had to do a work in my heart. So we were on staff at a church, and the second campus of our church and our kids' school, the Christian school they were going to, was about a three-minute drive from our new house. Not in a great neighborhood as well. And... So we loved the short commute. We loved being able to drop the kids off at school, working right next door to the kids. Like, it was a really great setup. But the whole area was not a great neighborhood. And I remember one day praying, Lord, I was in my office at the church, and I could look out the window and kind of see this area of the city. Lord, would you send revival? Lord, would you move in our city? Hamilton needs you, God. We need you to move. And, and Hamilton was the, was the starting point of a revival many years ago. And so I, I would always pray that, Lord, we need another great awakening. Would you do something in our city that's just a beautiful move of God? And I'm praying God's heart over our city. Would you not agree that that's God's heart over the city? Until he stopped me and was like, you don't even love the people in your city. Why are you praying this way? And I was like, come again? Like, I love them. Lord, he was like, Marisa, you won't even walk down your street. You're afraid of the people in your city. How can you be afraid of the people in your city and love the people in your city? If you're afraid of them, you don't go to them. If you're afraid of them, you stay away from them. You stay in your home. You stay where you're comfortable. And I remember like being broken. And we had another dog at the time. She was not nearly as cute as our current dog. But I felt safer having a dog than not. So I said, I'm going to take this dog every morning to the park that's about, you know, a minute from the church office. I'm going to get in the car, park the church office, take my dog. We're going to walk through the biggest park in the city early in the morning to prayer walk. And I was like, if I can't prayer walk through this park, knowing I'm going to encounter people without homes, people strung out on drugs, people who are high, you know, all sorts of different people. If I can't do that and prayer walk there, then God, he can't answer my prayers. I sit in the comfort of my office, looking out the window. And I began this journey of like, okay, I mean, I was petrified. I'm being honest, I was petrified. I didn't want, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable engaging with people that are in a different life season or situation than my comfortable life had been. And I began this process of multiple times a week, me and the dog would go for a walk or I would go for a jog at times when I was losing my mind completely. And we would just jog through, this, through the park, walk through the park, stop and talk to people. Stop and talk to people who had truly been out all night partying and you don't know what it is, what state of mind they're in, but you know they're not in their right mind. And just ch chat with them engage with them. I got to know this one woman who was just really, really struggling, and she had a dog too, and her dog was even more misbehaved than our dog was, and so we got talking about good dog training books, and so I would bring her, and okay, here's another good dog training book I read, and just started having regular dialogue with people who up until that point in my life, I would have been afraid to approach. That's the kind of thing that happens when you have an encounter with God. And how many know Albuquerque has a whole bunch of people who would be different from you and I that need an encounter with God? There's a lot of broken, hurting, displaced people right now who have been up all night, who are high on whatever, some of them who are on death's door because of what they put in their body last night. They need Christians who are not going to be uncomfortable or afraid. They need Christians who are going to be compelled with the love of God to go and sit with them and talk with them and tell them that there's hope for their future. 
And that's the kind of thing God's going to put on our heart when we have an encounter with him. He's going to say, okay, that's great that you love people from afar, but now will you go and get into their lives? How many want an encounter with the Lord? <laughs> uh, it's true, though. This is just what he does. <sighs> the Father's heart towards us always, always, always compels us to repent and to change. Always. And I want to encourage you with this. The call to live in righteousness and holiness is not a call to strive to try to be holy or strive to try to be righteous, but it's actually a call to abide. And when we abide with him, we get his heart, we hear his voice, we get his strategies, we get over our issues, and we live a life that's on mission, doing what God's asked us to do, all because we have had these encounters with the Lord. Number four, and the final one for today before Jeff picks up next week is that he reveals truth. When we encounter him, he reveals truth. How many have, have had the experience, and just wave at me if this is you, where you have had an experience with the Lord where suddenly something that you thought was true before, you now realize, oh my gosh, I've been believing a lie, and now I see the truth. How many have had that experience? Yeah, I love that. Almost everybody put up their hand, because this is one of the beautiful things that happens when we encounter the Lord, and this is actually one of the things we focus on at the upcoming encounter, is creating a space for you to identify the lies you've been believing, and then creating a space for you to hear what the Lord wants to say to replace those lies with the truth. Verses 21 to 24, Jesus says to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Again, he's, this is something that you can get into at another time, but he's talking about how the Jews that were worshiping in Jerusalem versus these Samaritans who were worshiping at this mountain when God had given them specific instructions where they were to worship. They weren't worshiping there anymore. You can read all about it, but they're having this conversation about their history that she would be keenly aware of. So he's saying, you worship where you do not know. We, um, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. A key encounter, I'm sorry, a key indicator of an encounter with God is that this truth begins to be revealed. Truth about God, truth about you, truth about others, truth about humanity, Truth about our call, how do we live as kingdom-minded people in this world that we live in? How do we live as representatives and ambassador of this unseen realm as we live in America? How do we do that? He begins to reveal truth to us and begins to open up our eyes to see things that we never saw before as we have these encounters with him. Faulty thought systems get shaken when we spend time in an encounter with the Lord. He begins to separate. This is one of the things, actually, that we talk about at the encounter as well. He begins to separate really clearly for us facts from truth. Because as Christians, we cannot be living always both. We have to be living by the truth. Because sometimes the facts say, I don't have enough money in my bank account. But the truth says, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. The fact says, I am sick in my body and I need a miracle. And hey, I still claim that for myself. I need a miracle in my body. And I then go over to the, to the actual truth and say, my God is my healer. By your blood, by your stripes, I am healed. I factually still feel sick. Factually, I will wake up and some days be like, oh, this is gonna be a bad day physically. But then I say, no, no, I'm living by truth. God is my healer. God is my, I'm not ignoring the facts. But as a Christian, I am not allowed to live, develop my worldview and process life solely on the facts. As a Christian, I'm called to encounter God's presence and begin to form my perspective and my worldview and my thoughts about me and my thoughts about God and my thoughts about others from a place of truth unshakable, unchanging truth, because facts can change over time, but truth never changes. And we get to encounter truth when we encounter the presence of God. Next week, Jeff's gonna conclude uh, our series here about the power of an encounter by finishing off the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman and three other things that we can learn from their encounter. But I wanna encourage you guys, as you go through your week this week, 
to be asking the Lord, Lord, am I ready for an encounter? Is there something holding me back from encountering you? And just throw it out there. Just ask him, because he's so faithful to speak to us. He's so faithful that if there's something we're believing that's actually pushing us further and further from his presence, he is so faithful to speak to us and say, yeah, actually that thing right there is keeping you from me. And we don't want anything keeping us from our encounter with the Lord. I know you don't. I know you don't want anything keeping you from your encounter with the Lord. Our heart is to be a church that actively pursues an encounter with the Lord, that it's not a one-time thing, it's not a a twice-in-a-lifetime thing, but that we are a church that lives encountering the presence of the Lord, recognizing that apart from Him, we can do nothing. We need an encounter with the Lord in order to be who He's called us to be, in order to do what He's called us to do. So this morning, if you're here and you think, you know what, last week we were talking about encounter and today we're talking about the power of encounter and I think I really want that. Maybe you've already spoken to some of the, some of the ministry leaders who were at our encounter a couple weekends ago. We had a, an encounter just for them and a handful of them were able to attend. If you haven't spoken to them, find one who was at that encounter and ask them, is it worth me going? Should I, should I be going to this encounter? And let them share their experience with you. If it's your heart, whether it's the actual encounter weekend we have coming up or whether it's just like, I just want to encounter the Lord. If that's your heart today and you say, I just, I do want to be a Christian that lives in the encounter. Can you lift your hands and let me see who you, who you are today? Okay, how about we do this? Since there's so many of you, let's just stand to our feet. We're going to close this morning in prayer. And really, I have a simple prayer that I'd love for you to pray. Basically, in your own words, it's this. Jesus, I want to encounter you. In your own words, you might have a different way of expressing that desire. You might have a different way of getting that um, out of your mouth and into the ears of 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 the Lord. Can you just take a minute right now? Church, let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voice. And let's just say, God, I want an encounter with you. Will you meet me? Will you encounter me? Right now in your own words, let's just begin to ask him. Lord, we invite you to encounter us. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to move. God, we need your presence. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need your presence. God, we want to see you. We want to meet with you face to face. God, we don't want to live a life just the same routine over and over and over. But God, we want to be encountering you. Would you encounter me in a fresh way? Would you reveal yourself to me in a new way? Oh God, would you show me where I need to change limiting thinking? Would you reveal your truth, oh God? Lord, would you show me what it is, that the sin in my life that you need me to change? Holy Spirit, I say yes, I surrender to you, God. Would you come and encounter me in a new way, in a fresh way, oh God? Lord, I desire to encounter you. I desire to know you more. I desire for more intimacy with you. I desire more of your heart, Lord. God, would you do what only you can do? I surrender to you. I say yes to you, Lord. Oh, we say yes to you, Lord. Would you encounter us? God, we want to meet with you. Our desire is to meet with you. That you would have your way, Holy Spirit. That you would have your way, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue to pray, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me in worship that this morning. He wants to fill some of you with the Holy Spirit. Some of you anew, some of you for the first time, but some of you just afresh and pour out the Holy Spirit on you. So as you're just continuing to ask for an encounter, if you want more of the Holy Spirit or if you really seek uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just right now in your seats, just say, here I am, Holy Spirit, I want an encounter with you in this way this morning. Jesus, we say yes to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for encountering us this morning. Lord, for meeting us in a new way. Would you pour your spirit out in a fresh way? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh, God? We desire, we desire you, Lord. We want you, we want you, we want your presence, oh God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do whatever you want, to say whatever you want. We surrender to you, oh God. Would you have your way? Holy Spirit, fall afresh. 
fall afresh, fall afresh. Empower us anew, oh God. Lord, to be your disciples, Lord, to be who you're calling us to be. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We say yes and amen to you, Lord. We say yes and amen to you, Lord. This morning, oh God, as, as this church family, as City Church, we say yes to you. Whatever it is that you want to speak to us, we say yes, Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen. Would you say what you want to say? Would you reveal what you want to reveal? Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you this morning and say, come and visit us afresh. Come and visit us anew. Lord, we want more of you. We are not satisfied, Lord, with where we are, but there's more that we want, God. We want to know your heart more. We want to know your character more. We want to know more of what you sense for our city. We want to know more of your love for people. We want to know more of the attributes that make you the divine God that we love. We want more, oh God. Would you move and would you encounter us in a new and in a fresh way? I pray, Lord, that even today, starting today, that as people go through their week, they would all of a sudden have these moments where you're speaking to them so clearly so clearly i pray for those who have been in a dry season where they've not felt your voice for a long time they've not heard you they might be feeling weary they might be feeling tired and like lord where are you god i've been there i know that feeling i've been there for long times lord oh but god when we hear your voice the instant refreshing the instant hope the instant thing that springs up inside of us that we can cling to that says my god is speaking to me i love his voice i will obey his voice i pray for those in this room that have been going through those seasons this in this time and i just ask that this week lord would you encounter them afresh would you encounter them in a new way would you show yourself true once again would you reveal yourself to them in a new way this week lord we ask holy spirit we invite you holy spirit we give you room here holy spirit that this would be a church where you are free to move and do whatever it is that you want to do in our midst we say yes to you we say yes to you and we give you free reign. We give you free access to every area of our heart and mind and soul. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Would you have your way and Lord do what only you can do. We love you. We want to be your disciples. Our lives are surrendered to you. Have your way like only you can, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here this morning and you want prayer for anything, anything at all, our prayer team is up at the front. Please come and speak to one of them. They would be happy and honored to spend time agreeing with you in prayer this morning. City Church, we love you. We are so thankful that we get to call this place home. We love getting to know you guys more and more and more as time goes on. And we are so, Jeff and I are so filled with anticipation at what God is gonna do in and through every single one of your lives. So this week, I pray you would sense the voice of the Lord more clearly than you have in a really long time, that you would begin to sense he's gonna encounter you afresh. Amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a really great week. Like a wildfire in my heart A Sunday morning, hallelujah And it's lasting all week long